0: Hey, I'm Brianna Goslin. As a mortgage agent and educator, I know that home ownership is complicated. As a mom and a feminist, I recognize that every woman has a story. The road to living your dream of home ownership doesn't have to be a nightmare. My guests are a diverse group of badass women and their experience are a roadmap to success. Let me be your guide from manifestation to moving in. Welcome to Homeowner A. So today, I'm speaking to an incredible woman who is annoyingly humble, and she'll scoff at that. As you'll soon learn, she's a high school teacher, a new mom, a great running partner, and a dear friend. And I'm so grateful to have you here with me, Angie Proust. Thanks for having me, Brie. Absolutely, my pleasure. Um, before we start, let's give a little context about how we know each other. Do you remember the first day we met? I think that Wyatt
1: and I, Wyatt's my husband, who's your husband's best friend, uh, we went over to your house and your, I think, three-year-old is was nine months old at the time
0: yeah and we went for a walk in the cemetery I pretty was it a cemetery yes but we did that because we were deep in the heart of the pandemic right yes, that's <laughs> right we were so we did an outdoor meet yeah and since then I guess the rest is history we've uh, we're great friends and I've learned so much about uh, you through being friends with Wyatt and with you and one of the things that I learned is that you became a homeowner all by yourself. So I was really intrigued about your story. But before we get into that, you're a super dynamic woman. There's so many things that you do, and I gave you a heads up before that I'd be asking this, but I'm curious, what is one thing I can't find out about you on the internet, Angie? Okay, so Brie, this was hard for me because
1: you also know me in real life. So I'm like, okay, what can she learn on the internet? What does she already know? So I actually called one of my very best friends and I asked her to tell me what's something that someone wouldn't be able to find out online. So she listed a few things, but the one thing I chose to go with, it actually corresponds with right around the time that we met, deep in the pandemic, I got certified as a scuba scuba dive. Get out! So, yeah, so I don't know if you actually knew that in real life, but um, I did a course it was all masked up, very uh, social distance in a scuba store in Oshawa. And then we ended up doing the actual water test in uh, Marmara and that is how I learned. And so now I'm certified to go scuba diving, but
0: unfortunately I haven't been able to do it yet. That is wild. Well, yeah, you've been busy. I should mention Angie is taking some time from being a brand new mom. Her baby is down and she is in the closet recording with me. <laughs> we are both in our own closets. yes, <laughs> yes. awesome all right Angie I, I love that that's really cool I actually didn't know that about you I'm I'm oh, intrigued I'm, glad. I'm gonna I found have to something you didn't know absolutely learn something new every day okay so let's get into the nitty-gritty uh we're gonna kind of ease into the home buying process, but before, we can't put the cart before the horse. I wanna ask you a little bit about your attitudes towards money and your money mindset going into this home purchase. I'm really interested in that. So let's start with an easy one. How do you feel about money?
1: So I kind of took this question and kind of thought a few different things. Number one, I kind of feel not very knowledgeable in terms of money. I watch your Instagram stories and I'm just so in awe of all this stuff that you talk about and the knowledge that you have. And I feel like you've always known it. It just seems so natural to you. But I also think that you've probably learned a lot recently with your new um, mortgage specialist and all that stuff so I just feel so in awe but I also feel like oh I don't want to be in a conversation with somebody who's good with money and knows about money and can talk about amortization and interest rates and all those kinds of things because I feel really just not knowledgeable and I don't feel like I can keep up in those kinds of conversations so that's one part of how I feel about money I just feel kind of uncomfortable with it because of my lack of knowledge And then on the other hand, that might make it sound like I'm bad with money, but actually I'm very good at saving money, but I don't know that I'm doing the best thing. I've been doing the best things with my money because, you know, I don't have it in a high interest savings account or something like that. I just kind of save my money low risk because I don't know enough about money to take those buy stocks or do anything like that. So on the one hand. Very unknowledgeable, but at the same time, a very good saver.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've always known you as somebody who's frugal and good with yes. money. I would say, from my perspective, knowing you as a friend, because I knew that you did purchase your own home, I thought, oh man, she must be so good with money. So that's so interesting, the perspective but that I have of you, and then what you what you feel and I also get from you that uh, a willingness to learn whenever we do chat about uh, anything related to mortgages and money and things like that so it's interesting to see that perspective from you
1: yeah I definitely would like to be to learn more about it for sure so I do appreciate you putting that stuff out there online and teaching me
0: oh love it love that my cringy pointing is helping somebody (laughs) It sure is. So so those are your personal views about money. What did the conversations about money sound like uh, to you as a child? So say six, seven or eight. What did Angie hear and feel when people were chatting about money or when money was brought up in the household?
1: So I don't know if it was really spoken about explicitly in the home. I don't really remember, but I do know that I always was aware of the fact that we didn't have an abundance of money. I knew that my parents had, um, Jobs and they worked. My dad was a truck driver and he was away from home a lot to to do that job. And my mom had various jobs and sometimes she was home with us. Sometimes she had jobs out of the home. But I always sort of had this sense that we didn't have a whole lot. So I kind of always felt uncomfortable i wouldn't ask them to buy me things when they did buy me things sometimes there was guilt attached with it i shared a little story with you uh the other day that i hadn't thought about in years where (sighs) my dad bought me the chumba wumba cd those uh 80s 90s babies will remember that well
0: yes with the baby on with the baby on the cover floating in (laughs) the water
1: exactly so I only liked that one song like the one the one hit single one hit wonder kind of thing I only liked the one song but he bought me the CD because I had mentioned liking it and then I listened to the songs and realized no in fact I only liked the one song and I felt so guilty because I knew that my dad had spent you know $20 or whatever CD cost at that time on that CD for me and I felt so guilty where I saw my friends I don't know what their parents' financial situation was, but it didn't seem like they felt that guilt. They had no problem asking for stuff and just, you know, they wouldn't carry that guilt the way that I did. At least that's not the way that I saw it. So that was sort of my mindset was we didn't have a lot, so I shouldn't ask for anything and just sort of be happy with what we have.
0: Yeah, that's. I definitely resonate with that. We've chatted a lot. We have similar um, upbringings in that way, kind of being brought up around the idea of guilt versus um, guilt and scarcity versus abundance kind of on the outside. And I had the same kind of experiences of being a really good girl and not asking for anything and really being praised for that, but then also having a ton of guilt... For wanting for anything yes. so that yeah that really brings up a lot for me too i definitely identify with the same way of viewing money at least i did right um and yep. your mindset must have changed because now things are a little bit different so can you tell me when you started to think about owning a home or that that could be a possibility for you as somebody who was single at the time, a single-income teacher? Yeah.
1: So I guess I'm, we'll go back a little bit. So I was fortunate that my grandparents let me live with them throughout university and then also throughout my first year and a bit of teaching to allow me to pay off my OSAP. I had $40,000 in debt from my OSAP, my student loans and because they let me live with them for a very small, like the rent that I paid them was minimal, I was able to pay off my OSAP debt very quickly.
0: Okay, let's stop right there, because I know you're gonna go into something else, but that's just, that's incredible. Okay. thank you. I also started teaching shortly after you, and I know what a teacher's salary is, a beginning teacher's salary and the deductions, and it ain't that much. No. So As that you early must have really teachers, been, yes. you must have been saving.
1: For sure. I had been saving and I was able to get the most amount from OSAP every year, but I did have a pretty good job the last couple of years throughout the summer. So although I was still getting a good amount of OSAP, I was allowed, I was able to pay a good chunk of my tuition so in the end um, yeah i just kept saving the money and then because i didn't have housing costs and all that kind of stuff other than a small amount of rent i was able to pay it off so that was a huge weight off my shoulders and pretty much right away i moved out into a basement apartment so and that was good and then they the couple that owned the home they eventually sold the house so i had to move so i moved into an apartment and For a long time, that was just perfect for me. I had my friend, a good girlfriend of mine, Amy, live next door, and it was perfect. It was a good neighborhood. I could walk lots of places. I was close to work. So I was really quite happy with that, actually. And every once in a while, I would have this thought like, oh, maybe I'll go and get a pre-approval for a mortgage. Seems like the right thing to do. I would go get to a bank or just wherever to get a mortgage, a pre-approval, and then... I just would never look at houses. So you,
0: more than once, you walked into a bank, gave them your documents, and got the pre-approval.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and then just didn't do anything with it. Maybe I got scared or whatever it was, but eventually it came to a point where I had convinced myself that renting made more sense. And nobody could really tell me differently, to be honest, and I had come up with this idea by myself i just you know let's say at the time my rent was twelve hundred dollars plus heat and hydro and that was pretty much it in terms of my housing costs so then i imagined okay what if a house at this time is five hundred thousand dollars what if i had five hundred thousand dollars in cash which i didn't but let's pretend what would be my housing costs as a homeowner with no mortgage and based on conversations i had with people it looked like I would still be paying $1,200 a month in my bills, in uh, any repairs that needed to be done, property taxes, insurance, all these things that I wasn't necessarily paying in my apartment. And I was like, well, then what's the point? So that's sort of the Angie that we're dealing with at that time. Like I Mm -hmm. was certain that I was making a good choice in renting. And so I just didn't take those pre-approvals any further than getting them. And then that was it. Wow. So just to kind of lay the foundation.
0: Absolutely. So that being said, what changed? Or what block moved? What, 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 what?
1: So, so all the while I'm saving money because at this point I'm no longer a brand new teacher. I'm 10, 11, 12 years into my career. So now I'm making a decent salary. Yeah, I'm doing great. And I've paid off my car completely. I really have no debt. And that's always... That comes from my childhood of the scarcity, uh, guilt kind of mindset. Pay Mm -hmm. everything off. Don't have any debt because that's the worst thing to have. So I had no debt and that was great. So I was able to save. And a great girlfriend of mine, Lacey, she works for Investors Group. And I actually started working with her and putting some investments together super low risk though so i was saving money (laughs) (laughs) of course i was saving money and that was great it wasn't gaining a whole lot but still it was there it was sitting there it was there for a rainy day and lacy and i would always discuss and my end goal was always to buy a house so i part of me is convincing myself i'm doing the right thing by renting but there's always in the back of my mind i do actually want to be a homeowner one day so It was never gone it was never out of my mind it was just i maybe was feeling defensive because i was renting and just made up the reason why i thought it was the better idea but honestly i truly did math and thought i was doing the right thing so anyhow fast forward i'm it's the summer holidays july august whatever and i'm laying in bed and i wake up one morning kind of groggy and i'm thinking oh my gosh how much money I have given to my landlord over the years. (laughs) And I really did actually sit there and try to do the math. And I I don't remember. I'm going to
0: stop you there. Yes, were we in deep in the pandemic at this time during this existential crisis?
1: No, this is before. So my existential crisis (laughs) came before the pandemic, I guess. Um, It was summer 2019, I had been on a trip I went to Costa Rica that summer, which is lovely. In my former life, I traveled a lot. I didn't tell you that as my thing that you didn't know because it's all online. You can find it all on my Instagram. But I had been in Costa Rica. I came home and I don't know, I just, you know, I had a few more weeks left until school started. So I didn't have much going on. My whole goal for that day was probably go grocery shopping. (laughs) And I don't know why it occurred to me. Oh my gosh, I've given my landlord so much money. So I kind of did some rough math. And I don't remember what the number was, but it was pretty astounding. And I was like, wow, all that money could have gone towards me owning something and having something to show for all that money. So I called up a a friend of ours, a family friend, who's a real estate agent here in the Durham region. And I said, can you bring me to look at some houses? And that is exactly what we did probably the next day. And we looked around, and the market wasn't, you know, the COVID market. The houses were still reasonable. I still could have gotten my foot in the door. However, I kept getting outbid. Mm -hmm. And even if I was offering, asking, someone was always offering $50,000 or more over asking. So, and I was, you know, I had an idea in my head of what I didn't want to go over. And so I just kept getting outbid, outbid. So that led us to maybe the end of August, early September and found a house that was within my budget. Unfortunately, I did have to uh, give up on my one idea, which was I thought I would buy something that had rental ability, so a basement apartment or something like that. Unfortunately, this house didn't have it, but it was within my price range. I'm very stubborn, so once I get something in my head nothing can stop me from doing it, so I had it in my head I was buying a house now, all of a sudden, in the last, you know, three weeks, this this whole thing happened, and so although I had to give up on my dream of having a rental property kind of idea, I just decided to buy this house that was within my budget, I liked the house, I liked the area, and the rest is history.
0: Oh, but wait! Your dream (laughs) of having a rental property, what about the house you live in currently? Well, the house that I live in currently does have a basement apartment. That is where I am right
1: now, is in our basement apartment. So, yes, it did all come to fruition. There but, I mean, there's a whole story that led me into this house from from the house that we were talking about a moment. <laughs> yeah, ago. that's
0: for another day. That's for another day. <laughs> that's, that's incredible, Angie. It's so... It's always funny to me, especially when I'm speaking with first-time home buyers, how quickly things happen once they start happening. And I think yes. anybody who's bought a home can understand that, maybe not during COVID. I bought a home during COVID. That was not the oh, case. Yeah. <laughs> once things time. happen, yes. they would be delayed for a long time until we could finally win a bidding war. But alas. Yeah. Um, Yeah it's so interesting that you said okay I'm gonna do it, I have the money, I have a plan, I have the right people to support me and then you just executed. I love it.
1: Yes, it happened very quickly.
0: Let me ask you some specifics. So we know you're in Durham Region. The house was in Oshawa, correct? Yeah. Okay so the Oshawa market at that time, tell us tell us a little bit about the house and what the purchase price was.
1: So, yeah, so as far as the market, I mean, like I said, super not knowledgeable. So I can't even really speak to the market in any, like, smart terms. But what I can say is that the house was super tiny. It was 900 square feet. Uh, The basement was unfinished, but had, you know, the laundry in there. The upstairs was beautiful, beautifully done. Kitchen, living room, little powder room. And then upstairs was just the one bedroom and a full bath.
0: So it was a one bedroom, so, one bath with an unfinished basement.
1: Yeah, there was a powder room as well. So two baths technically, and it had one bedroom. And then on the main floor, there was a den that could have been an office. It could have been a small bedroom. They kind of presented it as a second bedroom when I bought the house, but I, I didn't need a second bedroom at the time. So I just used it as a den. Mm-hmm.
0: It was but for it was super the cat. tiny. It was for the cat. <laughs> Um, Everywhere is for the cash. Absolutely, as it should be. So what was the purchase (laughs) price? So it was
1: $400,000. I was asking, and I actually got it for asking. So I paid $400,000 for the home.
0: Awesome. And what did your down payment look like on that?
1: So I was trying to think about this the other day when we were talking. So it was, I think I put $60,000 down.
0: Okay. Then a one-bedroom home one and a half bath for four hundred thousand dollars and you put down yeah. a fifteen percent down payment which was 60k yeah so where did that 60k come from we know you're a saver but get a little bit yeah. more specific how did that come to be that amount of money
1: it was just honestly saving money over a long time so with um, my friend from investors group I had just put money into a high um high interest savings account, as well as an RRSP. Sorry, I'm thinking about the baby's RRSP. (laughs) RRSP. So I do have a pension through uh, my job, but I also opened up an RRSP through investors group. So I was able to take a good portion of that 60,000 from my RRSP interest-free at the first time home buyer. So it was all money that I had saved. From those two accounts, I kind of drew. I can't remember what the ratio is, how much I took from one and how much I took from the other. But either way, it added up to be sixty thousand, and that was what I put down. Incredible! And I was able to actually pay back. I mean, I know this is a story for another day, but when I ended up selling said house, I was able to pay back that sixty thousand into my RRSP. Um, You have fifteen years to do it, but I did it
0: quickly because again, saver. Yeah, and it starts um, two years after the purchase, right? So you. You definitely because when did you end up selling the place uh a year later mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have even yeah. made any payments yet <laughs> no nope. holy that's amazing that so i'm for anybody interested listeners homeowners future homeowners i will put in the show notes the link to the program that angie used to purchase her home the rsp program if anybody's interested Awesome, Angie. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's nice because you're borrowing from yourself. Exactly. And there's, yeah, a lot of opportunities to actually not have to pay tax on that income. And then it goes directly to your down payment. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great program, especially for somebody who's making those regular contributions. Yeah. Um, So then let's think of the kind of the process that you went through as a first time home buyer. I wanna know what you wish that somebody had told you before you embarked on the journey. Maybe something poignant that you found out during the process, which is always kind of a tough thing to do when you're on the fly, right?
1: Yeah, you know what? I don't know that anybody told me didn't tell me something that I needed to know so I wasn't getting a whole lot of unsolicited advice to be perfectly honest throughout my whole adult life in terms of ownership or renting like people would give me advice if I asked for it but not unsolicited and I don't think any of it was bad advice per se I think it was all good I think it's not that I wish somebody had told me something I think I wish I would have seen young single women buying homes by themselves. And that's who I wish I would have talked to because I was talking to friends and family members, but they were all coupled up or maybe they were inherited from family members, the home or like the money to be able to buy the home or something like that. So I was never seeing and hearing from people like me. And I think that would have helped me uh, start the process as far as the actual process. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I wish, like, it all went very smoothly, to be honest. I don't really have anything that I wish somebody would have told me at that time.
0: I love that for you. That is amazing. Also, just for anybody listening, I did not pay Angie to say that response, but I so (laughs) connect with that. (laughs) You know, when I first met you, Angie, you were the first person that I knew that had bought a home completely on their own without any help from family, without a gifted down payment. And I've just always so admired that about you. So from somebody who didn't really see that, I think that's incredible. So I do want to give you props. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's so great.
1: Well, what you're doing is going to help people that are, you know, Angie at 30 years old and thinking, oh yeah, no, renting is perfect. It's good. I'm good where I am kind of thing. I think it'll really help kind of, and renting is fine. And people like, you know, can believe could can think that but i think that if i would have seen other women being able to do it by themselves it would have convinced me sooner that it was the good idea
0: absolutely i agree when we see what's possible and when we know that there's steps we can take to build then the first home really just becomes that the first home and then once you see how wealth can build that way it's incredible what especially women can do in yep. in this real estate space so I, yeah I'm really excited for that thank you So (laughs) buckle up. Uh, Do you believe, Angie, in manifestation, and do you think it played a role in buying your first home?
1: So I don't, I'd have to give it a little bit more thought. Do I believe in manifestation? I don't know. I might answer this in a way that, okay.
0: I always say that manifestation is goal setting, heart centered goal setting with the universe on your side. So think of it like it has to come out of your mouth. You have to say it out into the world for it to happen. And when you're manifesting, you're telling the universe what you want and you're really connecting to yourself. So that makes those goals that you're setting so easy because it's coming from you, right? That's my view of manifestation.
1: Well, and it makes sense. And I guess I can say that I do believe in it because i you know was laying in bed that day thinking about all the money i had given to my landlord and how maybe i was ready to buy a home and it happened so quickly so i think it's a bit of a combination of partly putting it out in the universe and you know the universe helping me out but also you your own self doing the work so me calling the real estate agent and then going and looking and um it reminded me of a podcast sorry a podcast called how i built this it's an npr podcast and the the host guy Roz talks to people that have started their own companies and he always asks this question at the end um how much of your success do you attribute to success or sorry to hard work and how much of your success do you attribute to luck and Hmm. it's kind of luck manifestation i'll put them in the same sort of realm and it's not necessarily all luck and it's not all manifestation but if i hadn't had that thought and said it out loud and believed in it i wouldn't have done all the work so in that way it kind of works together
0: and you're you're just such a goal setter so it makes so much sense to me like you even now that i know you're a scuba diver like that is a goal <laughs> that you just chipped away at and did it so i think that yeah. that's incredible and i love that spirit and that energy and i i hope that people will get that from this that you just have to go and do it just take the first step and do it right exactly yeah amazing and before i let you go angie i'm also a fan of affirmations so i'd like to do three affirmations with you and if you have some to share i'll repeat them after you you're not out on a ledge by yourself but i'd really like to leave you um with that if you'd like to do that together what do you say Okay, so uh,
1: this is totally out of my realm, but I've prepared something here in knowing that you were going to ask me this. So do I just say one and then...
0: Yeah, give me one and I'll repeat it back to you and then do your next one. I am strong. I am strong. I am independent. (laughs) I am independent and yeah, you are. (laughs) I am capable. I am capable. Do you know that I say those ones all the time? (laughs) Oh, no, I had no idea.
1: That's amazing. I was hoping you were going to give me the answers. So I'm glad that I ended up saying ones that you actually would have told me anyway.
0: I love it. Okay, so we're all done here. But I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And Angie, I love you so much. And I so appreciate you coming and sharing your story.
1: Thank you, Bree. Thanks so much for asking me to come on. This is so exciting.
0: Ah, my pleasure. Can't wait to hear more. All right, be well. Bye. And thank you for taking the time to listen to my interview with Angie today. I know you're going to find it as inspiring as I did and if you are moved to action and you want to take that next step, maybe your first step in home ownership, then head to the show notes and click the Facebook link to join my Homeowner AF Facebook group. The Homeowner AF Facebook group is a place where women can come together to talk about their goals, to celebrate their successes, and sometimes just to bitch a little bit about the market. If you're looking for a community that's going to push you, uplift you, educate you, and give you the actionable next steps towards home ownership, then come on, we'd love to have you.